All right, we are back. Uh, standing by to join us is Vanderbilt professor and feminist philosopher Kelly Oliver. Good morning, Kelly. Hi, Janine. Hi, thanks for calling in. My pleasure. You are one busy lady. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> Tell yes. me about how you became a writer. Ooh, I've been writing for a long time, mm-hmm. mostly nonfiction. I'm a philosophy professor, so it's true. You have to publish or perish, so I, I was forced to write in my career. But discovering writing was really the best thing that happened to me. I, I, I need to write now. I write to live, and it yes. gives my life meaning. So, yeah, I write a lot. It's so interesting when we uh, focus on one thing and we uh, circle back to our true passion. But, I mean, obviously writing's always been your passion. You, you have a huge collection of nonfiction work, over 100 articles and over 20 books. Yeah. Whoa. Been, been at it for a while. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your latest book, Fox. Fox is a mystery novel. It's the third installment in the Jessica James Cowgirl Philosopher Mystery Series. And it takes place at Northwestern Medical School and involves some kind of creepy genetics stuff that's going on in there. And our cowgirl philosopher stumbles into the middle of some black market operations and uh, gets herself and her friends in and out of trouble. How did you come up with this theme of this? I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> well, I... I I'm afraid to give away the, the mystery, the okay, spoiler, don't, but don't. The, the big hook is that Jessica wakes up behind a dumpster, mm-hmm. thinks she's been sexually assaulted, and this is happening, there's a pattern of these things uh, with girls around the university, and all of the rape kits come back negative, and nobody knows they haven't been sexually assaulted, nobody knows what's going on, they have weird little scars, and turns out that they haven't been raped, but they've been robbed. And I don't want to nope. say much more about the, the robbing, but right. it's, uh, it's related to, to work that I did in my nonfiction on genetic engineering and also on in vitro fertilization and egg donation. And you know, working at a college, you see in... In newspaper, college newspapers, especially at places like Northwestern or where I work now, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. uh, ads that girls can make thirty, forty thousand dollars by donating eggs. That they're looking for, you know, the Ivy League attractive woman's eggs for wow. donation. So that seemed ripe for a story about black market. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, creepy. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's incredibly secretive, the whole world of egg donation. I mean, you hear more about sperm donation now, but it's just billion-dollar business, the whole uh, in vitro fertilization and assisted reproduction. Mm-hmm. And it's not very well regulated in the U.S., and it's, it's shrouded in mystery, especially egg donation. Women usually do not do not divulge if they've used an egg donor. They're more likely to divulge if they've used a sperm donor, so... That's interesting. Already there's, there's just inherent mystery, I right, think. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I love how um, your whole theme is feminism and crime fiction. I mean, the cover of the book of Fox and the strong woman. Uh, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was really important to me, and one of my motivations for writing the fiction was to bring in women's issues 
and bring in contemporary social issues, sort of ripped from the headlines, uh, but to do it in a way that is also entertaining and page-turning, so it maybe introduces readers to some issues that they hadn't really thought about or maybe weren't even aware of, right. but does it in an entertaining way, which is something that, you know, I do, I do talk about some of these issues, like I said, you know, the genetic engineering and the IVF and campus rape and human mm-hmm. trafficking and things like that in my nonfiction work where I've done the research. And, but, you know, that's not always as fun to read. And so unless people are already interested in the topic, they won't necessarily come to that work. But this, they can have a fun, entertaining mystery read and maybe learn something, too, about some of these contemporary issues. So, yeah, that was that's really important to me to have a strong female protagonist and not a kind of lone woman who stands out, and but in an ordinary girl and working with her friends so that there's a group of strong women who complement each other and have got each other's back. And so in a lot of ways it's about female friendship and solidarity and right. facing a lot of the difficult things that, that young women go through. These, these are, this, I guess you could call this kind of new adult fiction, too. They're right. 20-somethings just kind of finding their way, yes. figuring out who they are. But again, in a very male-dominated world, especially Jessica James, the main character, mm-hmm. you know, she grew up in Montana. She grew up around cowboys. She was a barrel racer, so very <laughs> male-dominated world. And she moved into the world of philosophy, which also is still very male-dominated world. So she faces a lot of challenges that I think a lot of professional women do, and especially young women as they're making their way into mm-hmm. The, the professional world and sure. having to deal with with relationships and how to navigate a lot of issues that come up, you know, when you're an attractive young woman trying to be a professional gal at the same time. Right. Let me ask you, uh, because this is part of a trilogy, uh, the Jessica James Mystery Trilogy, which began with Wolf and Coyote, why these animal names? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up I, with that? <laughs> I really like animals, and mm-hmm. I have also, in my nonfiction, done work on animals and animal ethics. Uh, but to tell you the truth, I'm more of a cat person. Mm-hmm. So for me, these dogs and dog-like animals represent the baddies and the, the bad guys. So right. I kind of went with that theme, and in the novels... They have a lot of different levels of meaning, so they're more metaphorical in terms of the wolf. And in the first one, Jessica encounters a lot of uh, sexual harassment. They're dealing with issues of campus rape. And in the second one, the, the main kind of women's issue that comes up is human trafficking and prostitution on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. And so the figure of the coyote there also does double and triple duty that turns out part of the mystery is there's a character with that name uh, who's gone missing and part of the mystery is what happened to him is he dead or alive and uh, then with Fox that is kind of the fox raiding the hen house you know it's about the the eggs uh, stealing the eggs of Ivy League girls. Now I've given it away. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but it also, again, has double and triple meanings that you are revealed as you, you read the novel. Mm-hmm. 
I do want to say that uh, I was blown away when I read your background. You have a BA from Gonzaga, a PhD from Northwestern. You're the author of 13 scholarly books, 10 anthologies, over 100 articles. Uh, it's an interesting um, equation how you've got such a vast amount of uh, material you've written, but I think this, uh, this work satisfies another part of you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, as I said, I, I really need to write in order to live, and mm-hmm. it gives my life meaning, but writing the nonfiction and the philosophy and the scholarly work wasn't as satisfying anymore a few years ago, and I'd always wanted to try to write fiction, uh, and I just didn't have the courage to do it. It's totally different. Yeah. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to do it, I better just jump in, and it really has been fun, and it allows me to explore different facets of these issues than I could in the nonfiction. And it's a completely different writing process. I mean, the nonfiction, you're just right up front, you put your thesis out there, you make your case. In the fiction, especially writing mysteries, you have to conceal things and hide, you have to keep things a secret and just sort of keep the reader on a need-to-know basis, so a very different kind of writing, and, and that's been so exciting for me. And also, with some of these issues, it gives me a new way to explore different positions. So I, I can't just put out my own viewpoint right. like I might in the nonfiction or you know, take on or engage with someone else's viewpoint and argue against it. I have to actually embody and understand where other people are coming from to create these characters, sort of get in their minds and mm-hmm. understand maybe a viewpoint that isn't my own and really inhabit and embody that. Those characters. And, and yeah. yeah, that is right. really, I think, enriched my thinking about the nonfiction as well. It's, um, it's interesting. I, wish, I tell all my guests the theme of the show is get the funk out, and sometimes we find ourselves in these career funks. I mean, you can be making, making great money, but you find yourself at a certain point in your career where you say, is this it? Is this all there is? And, and you're not satisfied, and I love how you found something else. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a it was something like that. I mean, I love teaching. I've got a great job, mm-hmm. and I feel really privileged to be able to teach philosophy and and make a career out of reading and teaching philosophy and writing. You know, thought philosophy and the kinds of issues that I deal with, which is important to me to to make philosophy relate to the real world. But writing fiction has released a kind of creativity that becomes almost a form of therapy. Oh, yes. Um, but, you know, well, I was going to say a lot cheaper than therapy. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that anymore. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it's very satisfying, and it, and it has, I think, really enriched my, my writing. And as I said before, I think it, it's helping me think about how to write the nonfiction. I mean, I hadn't really thought before about the need to make the reader want to turn the page, every mm-hmm. single page, like you do in fiction. In fiction, you really have to keep the reader there right. engaged and wanting to turn that page and keep the suspense and some tension. And writing nonfiction, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but now I'm thinking about the. you've got to really do the same thing. If you want to write something engaging, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you have to think about how to keep the reader turning the page. So writing fiction, I think, is also hopefully making me a better 
nonfiction writer. I would say so, absolutely. Do you have a website where people can go to and find out more about you? I do. It's www.kellyoliverbooks.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-O-L-I-V-E-R, books.com. And I love how part of your family, which includes your husband, are your furry furry family, you know, members. Hurricane, <laughs> how do you pronounce that name? Yuku, Yukuru? How do you pronounce? Y-U-K-I-Y-U? Oh, Yukiu. Yukiu. Yes. And Mayhem. Dear. Okay, shout out to them. <laughs> yes, my furry friends, my little kittens. Cute. That's right. They're with me right now. Aw. They're here. I used to have my cats. Um, I used to have my cats on my desk when I was writing my dissertation. It was like three in the morning. They were my buddies. Yes, they're <laughs> they're such good company. They're always here, and they do like to sit right on the keyboard, your lap, oh, the yeah. paper. I love it. I love it, Kelly. It's been great having you on the show, and uh, this whole segment will be up on my blog. I'll send you a link within an hour or so. All right. Thanks, Janine. Great chatting with you. Oh, you too. Bye bye. Bye. That was Vanderbilt professor and feminist philosopher Kelly Oliver. She has a really interesting bio. She make, writes some incredible books. If you missed any part of this, it is all of my blog bio is. Within an hour, I'll have this segment. Getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I did want to mention we are on Twitter at KUCI-FM, Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and Facebook, KUCI889. And shout out to my stepmom, who's listening from Florida, Sarasota, and my other family members, I think, who are listening in Boca right now. And uh, if you want to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at K-U-C-I dot org. Have a great day, everybody. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. (laughs) 